Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. All right, everybody. Everybody. Uh, I already forgot what we were talking about. We have a guest. Dahlia Couture. Is that how you say it? Yes. Nice. I I nailed it. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Perfect. (laughs) We can go home now. Easy. Oh, (laughs) my God. I only had to hang out with you guys for 10 minutes. That was great. (laughs) So um, we're uh, going to talk a little bit about um, going back to your roots as an artist and also kind of um, a couple things we discussed were like kind of the therapy of art and like doing what you love from a connected place, I guess, really. Mm. And also kind of what you mentioned too is like about the time in your life and what's going on in your life and why you might pivot and go another way. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I, uh, I personally find this interesting cause I've actually kind of made a pivot in my career recently and have kind of begun the process of that, which I'll get into later. But Talia is a musician. She's also revealed that she is a painter <laughs> and she does jewelry too. Yeah. And some other secrets that are about to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I call it the Jack of all half trades. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of do just a bit of everything, but I've never really focused on one thing entirely. What did you, so how did, uh, how did it all begin? Where did you, uh, start out as an artist? I guess. Did you come out of the womb painting or? Yeah. I was just like, you know, that yeah. good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, my dad was an artist growing up, or still is, I guess. Um, not by trade, more by passion. And he's phenomenal. So he kind of directed me in that way as a kid. Um, I'm much more, and not so much into painting, but into drawing and sketching and a lot of pen and ink work, really original, very surreal stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess that's where I learned it all from. And I also studied dance as a kid up until I was 14 um, and learnt two instruments by the age of 16 and then just kind of went from there. And jewelry has always kind of just been a fun thing that I've done. Yeah, it's a natural transition from Of course, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very natural. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was really, that's, I guess that's how it all started. It was all based off of art, mainly. That's awesome. Well, yeah. So what were your two instruments? guitar and piano nice and your dad uh, is an artist too yes like a painter or like what's all everything okay he just does everything it's it's i'm a little bit jealous of him (laughs) a little bit so your dad was kind of like a a role model or inspiration to begin with yeah i'd say so and he's also very like an independent person who kind of went with his own sort of line of work and cool made that happen for himself and that's another inspiration too and to see that as an artist it it really it inspires you to sort of do your own thing and and be comfortable and confident doing your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's one thing that's really hard is putting yourself out there. Mm, yeah, know? yeah. That's that's maybe the one of the biggest things that I think in our experience and who we talk to is, and just through our own experiences and things we come up against. Yeah, putting yourself out there is sometimes like the hardest oh, yeah. part. Yeah, of, totally. Of all of it, it's yeah. like, and uh, I know in the in the acting world, there's an expression that goes something like, um, 
we've all given Oscar performances in our bathroom. It's like, it's like, Oh, if only I could bring that shit into the, you know, the audition room. I was brilliant. You should have seen me. <laughs> Always carry a camera. Yeah. A camera in your mirror. <laughs> Do you act? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I, uh, that's where I started. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, Evan does it. He does a bunch of things. He acts, he plays music. Cool. Yeah. He, uh, you know, I've never, but I've never put myself out there musically. Yeah, I've but done a couple should. of I've done a couple of covers. Yeah, um, which only went to my fiance, who she's played it for a few people. Yeah. Last last summer for her birthday, she was away in Oregon studying. Yeah, and I put together a cover of um, uh, "Who You Love" by John Mayer. Oh, uh, except I cut I like cut out the Katy Perry part and I just kind of but like it you was didn't cr- cover Katy Perry yeah it was <laughs> crazy that, because it was like I'm like okay well like what's a song she really loves you know like who's yeah. like some you know musician and I'm like okay well John Mayer is someone who she absolutely loves and I love John Mayer so that will make it more pleasurable for me to do this and then it started out as a simple thing I'm like oh this isn't a hard song to play and then I went oh but you know I, I kind of want to make this a little something more original and next thing you know I was changing the tunings on the guitar I was had like these open chords like rearranged it but it was still in the same key that's awesome I don't remember how I played it now (laughs) there's no but it was great there's a recording of it which is uh which was pretty pretty fun but that's that's about the extent of putting my music out there Mm. and otherwise yeah well, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I think being an artist too, you don't, it's not all about shipping it and, and delivering it and giving it to everybody else. Sometimes it's just about doing it for you. Oh, definitely. You know, and I think that's a really important part of artistry, which is sometimes often overlooked and yeah. people don't realize the value of sometimes people just want to create and it isn't about everybody yeah. else. It's just about you exactly. allowing yourself to do that. I think that's the most therapeutic part about it. Totally. Is doing it for yourself. I also think too, when you create, because you, just because you want to, not because you, not necessarily because you have some big grand plan about how to get it out there in the world. Yeah. You sometimes create the most authentic, real, original yep. stuff. Right. And yep. then ironically, it's the stuff that works the best, like out there in that the world. That people kind of attach to and they can relate to in a way. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. first film was actually like that, which, you know, speaking of coming back to your roots, like I was 16 and I was at camp, summer camp. And, uh, I, my buddy had a camera. He had like a, his parents camcorder. So <laughs> I basically got him to be like, can we use your camcorder and we'll make a movie? It's basically just him and me at first. Right. <laughs> and we started filming these scenes that were super ridiculous, but they were really funny. And so other kids in the camp started seeing that we were doing this and they wanted to be a part of the movie. So I created a story out of this, but we didn't like back then I didn't, I didn't go to film school. I had no editing knowledge. I didn't know how to do that, but I knew how to you know, basically kind of make a film from shooting it. Yeah. So I didn't even have an editor. So I had to shoot everything in sequence. So every scene, we just had to shoot it like from beginning to oh. end. And if it didn't go right, we had to do it again. And then we oh just did goodness. it. And then yeah. we'd shoot the next scene and we shot the whole movie literally like well. for eight minutes. And then it was done and it was hilarious and everybody loved it. And so they were like, Brandon, you need to put this thing in this like festival, this like thing or whatever. Um, and so I was like, Oh, okay, sure. Like, let's do it. And so we put it up. <laughs> I show up and I'm like the 16 year old kid and there's 300 people there and they're like, "Okay, hey, now go up front and present your film. And so I'm like, I'm 16. I've never made a film before. I had no intention oh of any goodness. of this. Yeah. So I'm just like, 
I made a film. I think it's pretty funny. I hope you do too. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And then like scurried off stage and went back behind, you know, where they, where they had me sit. And, um, and everyone was howling through the whole thing, and it won first place. What? I know. I know. It's like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And it was just like yeah. like a giant turd all over all like the other people <laughs> yeah. at the festival who were like, "Oh my god!" I've like worked for two years Definitely. putting this film yeah. together. Yeah, totally. And someone came up to us, and this guy came up to someone, and a couple guys who were helping with the film, who's like, "I could have jerked off. Would have been better, or something like said something like that." Like, to us but like we walked away and we won and we were just like but we never had any intention to yeah. do that we just thought it was super funny to make this idea and it was kind of like it had elements like things that we were struggling with like the camp security they were like you know over the top and stuff and so we kind of made it about all the stuff we were actually dealing with right we made yeah. it really truthful and i think yeah. i mean you to me trying. what your story right. yeah i mean what your story says to me is like you know it's it's when you try and make shit too precious yeah you know when you're trying to make like you put all of this stuff on it you know it's like it's yeah. got to be this and that and it's whatever you know sometimes you just want a good home cooked meal you know yeah. like totally. nothing <laughs> fancy but it like it's just hits you in the right spot yeah totally. if, if, like there's no way at 16 I could have made anything to like win a festival because I didn't know what I was doing. So if I came in with that intent, it would have probably messed everything up. Yeah. But I really genuinely thought everything we were filming was absolutely friggin' hilarious. And it turned out that other people was, did too. Yeah. That's awesome. Because we thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I think that's where it all begins. It's like kind of enjoying your own work yeah. from like a real authentic place, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, that, that, that's in, uh, the reason why I brought that up too, was because, um, you were talking about going back to your roots and, um, you know, I've talked a lot on the podcast about my screenwriting career has kind of been taking off this year, but I decided, I recently decided that like, I didn't get into this to write scripts. I didn't actually get into this to be like a hired screenwriter. And so it's been really hard for me because I'm like, well, I've, I've opened up all these doors. I have all these scripts that, you know, they want to hire me to write and stuff. And I I don't really want to write other people's work. Yeah. And so I kind of, it's almost like I can imagine writing music for someone else. I had that experience this year, actually. I was asked to sing and write lyrics for a band and their music is phenomenal. And they had already composed everything instrumentally. Like just everything was there. It was just wild shit, like amazing music. And they wanted me to sing and also write all the lyrics for, I think it was about 20 songs or so. And I just, I couldn't do it. I tried, and I think I, I did one song, and I just never really felt like I was fully... I, there wasn't just me in it, mm. you know? There was all these other people that were creating as well. So it's really hard to sort of, like... Well, the lyrics for songs are really, really prominent most of the time, and and everybody listens to those and generally relates a lot with what the lyrics say. So to kind of go over top of what people have already put so much time and effort into and created and put your words onto it when you don't really feel the song on the same connection mm. it's very difficult so i ended mm. up turning it down yeah but i it was it was interesting to try but it was like really really difficult and i wasn't i didn't feel passionately about it yeah that's kind of it's a lot like that with screenwriting i mean they'll give me a concept that someone else has yeah. created and then i gotta write that concept and like it's like sci-fi or whatever it is and it's like mm. I just, I love writing. I actually love screenwriting and storytelling, but I like, I like 
being kind of the person that came up with the story. I like telling something that's mean, meaningful to me. Yeah. And I know you can make whatever you write meaningful, yeah. but it's not even about that. It wasn't about that. For me, it was really just about, I want to work on my filmmaking and my acting career. Yeah. And I realized that that was why I did it in the first place was to cut. Cause I thought filmmaking and acting was fun. Yeah. And I wrote the script for that short film because that was the only way we would have a short film. I didn't write because I wanted to write. I wrote because I wanted to make a film. Mm-hmm. And so that was the realization I had. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start saying no to screenwriting jobs. And I'm going to start saying yes to, you know, whatever I need to do to enhance my filmmaking. Fulfill what you feel on yeah. the inside. Yeah. Cause I don't want to spend my whole life being a screenwriter when I'm actually like at the core, I want to be a filmmaker. Yeah. It's Definitely. just, it's not the right, it's not the right thing. And it's like, and it was hard to let go of. It's hard to say no. Cause I'm like, there's this ego tied in. It's like, but you earned it. You got yeah. this far. Like you can't just throw that all away, but it's like, yeah, but if I spend my rest of my life giving up what I really want to do this because I'm scared to let it go, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think so. that's kind of why I've shifted back to drawing lately. Right. Is because with music, it's almost even with every band that I was in, uh, it was never my music. I never actually wrote any of the songs. I was my own part in all of the songs. Um, the lot, the other band that I just quit was, uh, my partner was writing all the songs. And so with the breakup happening, we decided it was best that I didn't play in the band anymore. Hmm. But every single band that I've joined, it's, I've never put out my own music. And when it's art, like art based, I suppose I, it's all of my own stuff. It's me and the paper. Yeah. There's nobody else in between. Nice. So that is my own complete creation. Whereas with music, it's always been shared or like, you know, doing covers, you're always kind of, you're hiding behind something and not necessarily hiding, but you're always behind something. It's not just you. So I guess that's why I went back to something that I feel would be more therapeutic for myself and more fulfilling. Yeah, no, totally. And I like the, I like, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because like as a filmmaker, like, um, you might end up like I've directed other people's work, but one thing I like about filmmaking is I get to do the part of it that I like. Like, Mm. you know, like I just look at it as like someone's given me a script and that's the blueprint, you know? And, and from there I get to build this vision, you know, which is really what I care about. Whereas like, I like the writing element, but even as I write, I'm like, this would be so fun to shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, it's like, it's kind of just being real with myself where, where I'm at. And I think part of me too, like I, I wasn't really pursuing my film career because it, you know, film, making a film is a little bit scary. It's like, you know, you really got to put yourself out there. It takes a lot of work to get it off the ground sometimes. Um, so I think like I justified doing the writing because I didn't want to face the discomfort of actually making a movie. Yeah. And then I just hit a point where I'm like, I, like I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, yeah. and then once I made it, I honestly just got so excited and, and enthralled in my life again. That's such a good feeling. Yeah, totally. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think sometimes these, these diversions are, are ultimately, you know, they, they still serve us and they still serve, Definitely. you know, like the yeah. direction that we ultimately end up going because I mean, the, the time that, you know, you spent, you know, le- like really being like intense, like, in the craft of screenwriting, yeah, you know, from something that wasn't even your, your first vocation. Like you said, it was like, that was a means to an end. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. It was never supposed to be an end unto itself. And it's sort of, and then the, the, the place you came to was it started to become the end. Yeah. Right. And, but 
the thing is, so now you can, you can do that pivot. Like you were saying, yeah. you can do that pivot and say like, okay, no, I'm, I'm going back to where yeah. I originally got into doing this for, but now I'm so like you, because you're at a place where it's like, you could be, yeah. you could be a screen, like, uh, that, that could be what you just do for the rest of your life. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at that level, you know, you're being hired to write, write scripts for for people and for studios and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. You could. Yeah. So you're, you're at that high of a level, but it will only serve you in still being a filmmaker. Yeah, totally. You know, and I was talking, I have a couple of friends who are really also, I have a, a bunch of friends who are writers, but I have a couple of friends who are really proficient at it and really great, but they don't have careers like I do. And they love writing. Like they, they get up to write. Like they, that's, that's what they want to do. And, um, I was talking with one of my friends and I was like, look, I don't, I I just, I don't, I just realized I don't want to be a writer. It's not what I want to do. And I'm like willing to give it up if it means that I'm going to go after what I want. I said, if you want, I will, (laughs) I will make sure you're the first person in line for the jobs I turn down. And he was just like, so over the moon about it. And I was like, well, like maybe this opportunity that I garnered for myself is a gift, not something I need to take, but something I can share. Right. Cause now that I'm in the door, you know, it it creates, so it's like, you got, it's like letting go. You just gotta let go. Right. Totally. Yeah. I think it's a part of the Jack of all trades sort of thing. You know, it's like, well, I know that I can do that now. I have done that, but it's not what's fulfilling me. And I think all of this, like, especially with creative people such as ourselves, um, our entire life, and with everybody, everybody's entire life, you're always trying to find out who you are as a person. And I think the most, like, personal way and, I don't know, I guess self-reflecting way to do it is through creativity. Mm. So you find, like, you know, for me in, in music, it was one path that I was on, which I still will be. I still play with bands and I still love playing music, but it taught me a lot about myself. Totally. It taught me a lot about my confidence. It taught me a lot about my stage performance, you know, just down to anything and down to the way that you sing and how you progress as a person. And, and I guess with everything and with every creative process and with every creative sort of thing you do in your life, you learn more about yourself. And I think that's where it kind of, I guess that's where it's steering the ship is you're Mm -hmm. always just like figuring things out about yourself. You're always growing through your creativity. Totally. And what you want um, today is not necessarily what you're going to want tomorrow. Like yeah. when it, part of the, part of the whole thing of letting go of the screenwriting was like, well, what if you let this go? And then you think you actually want to be a screenwriter. Yeah. And I was like, good. Then I'll know. Cause right now exactly. I don't. Exactly. Like I'm doing yeah. this cause I have to, I like, I'm literally obligating myself and it's, and it's terrible because there's people who really want to write and, and why would I like, it's like, it's like an actor who does their own stunts. Like, why would you take the stuntman's job? Like, risk getting yeah. hurt if that's not what you love. Let the stunt person do that job, and you do your acting because that's what you're there totally. for. And let totally. everyone share. Like, it's like yeah. otherwise it's just greedy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or unless you're Tom Cruise. Yeah. But he loves doing his own. Or Jackie stunts. Chan, but he loves his stunts. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, if that's your thing, if you you know if you got into acting to be like an action star and that's what you want to do, fine. But I mean, I think it's like anything. It's not. There's no right or wrong. It's about just being honest with yourself. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, Evan, if you want to play music, you're pretty damn good at it. I'm all right. I'm a little, I'm a little sloppy with certain things. <laughs> yeah, aren't we yeah, all? I, I know. It's, <laughs> it's interesting though, because it's been something I've been considering more and more and more and more and more. I'm just like, should I yeah. try and start writing? Like, cause I've, 
tried dicking around with like writing a song like a few times in my life and I always write something that I just hate. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> but it's I Maybe it's vulnerable. But I mean Ooh, oh, go on, sorry. <laughs> I mean I I think that because I, I didn't know why I hated so much of my my songs before and now I do. <laughs> I have a good sense of why I hated what I was writing. It's because I, everything was so contrived. Yeah. Like I was writing every, like every song I was writing was contrived. Like mm-hmm. it was some it was just an idea of what would be a good song ah, as opposed to like an actual like whoa, like this is something that's yeah. really drawing me into it, right? And then and then it was also some of my own perfectionistic yeah. tendencies that were just like get in the way of it. But our um the talk that we did uh just recently uh, the melody? Yeah. About, about the melody and, and really how, um, his approach to songwriting was just like, well, you just get it down. Like you just put, put whatever the hell the song is like down as fast as you can kind of thing. Well, I've never heard anybody speak like that. Like, you mean to not forget what they're doing? Well, not or? to forget, but like, he, um, well, his kind of point was tapping into something and when you tap into it it's just to try to oh, get something think about yeah, it. Yeah, you kind of just yeah, let right, it go. Okay. think about it. Just write whatever okay. that song is like down yeah. kind of as quickly as you can and then, and then you rework it yeah. once it's but you got to get it down first which is I said oh it's the same thing as when you're screenwriting, you know, like, yeah. and it's just like, you get that initial Word point vomit. of inspiration. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> vomit on the page. You know, it's, um, uh, I had an old acting teacher who, who liked to talk, uh, he had this expression. He said the, um, the mess and the math. Mm. Right. And he said, it's like, totally. you, need the, you need the mess. You need to bring the mess. And then the math comes in and cleans yeah. it up. Right. Yeah. I like that. The mess and the math. Mess and the math yeah, yeah. That's great. That's exactly how I approach screenwriting. And when I let the math get in there, before the mess has been made, <laughs> then you're focusing. Oh my God, is it trouble? Yeah. <laughs> That's where writer's block exists, you know. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah you're always second guessing yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta like. You just gotta. You literally have to word vomit. You gotta like. Yeah. You gotta take. And you got. And, and the other thing too is I was um because I'm finishing off uh, another screenplay here. I'm and uh, I, like one thing that I've realized is like man like all I really have to do when I decide to start writing is I literally just have to try to connect to the feeling and the situation and then word vomit from that emotional place. Yeah. But if I don't tap in emotionally, the word vomit, the mess doesn't actually work. Yeah. So it's an emotional tie. Like, it, it, and the more I've worked through it, and I imagine everything's kind of like that. It is you very know? much. Painting, yeah. drawing, acting, yeah. whatever. Like yeah. what, what else is really different? We got to get that core connection. And then from there we make a mess, but it's a kind of a beautiful mess. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Something that you don't mind that, picking the pieces of food. Totally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like your very visceral description. <laughs> <laughs> what color is this pukey mess? <laughs> That's uh, it's funny. You said beautiful mess. That's how I like to characterize humanity. Oh, nice. Like, right. We're all just a beautiful mess. Right. Yeah. Some of them are beautiful. Yeah. Actually, sort of on that, a little bit off topic or on, the music thing. Um, I find a lot with certain things like screenwriting and like music and like a lot of, um, art forms that have been around for a very, very, very long time. It's really hard to break into just as a person because Mm. there's so many already set genres, so many already set movies, plays, whatever. It's really, really difficult. Whereas I find that like art in a sense can be 
so different. Like it feel I feel that visual arts, it has been around for an extremely long time as well, but has always been growing in a sense where it's accepted on almost every level. Mm. You know, there's mm. all these this weird stuff that's coming out, and so I feel like it's almost easier to be confident with a visual art than it is any other art form. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying because yeah, you know, there's some stuff. I mean that you see it and you're just like, you're, you're boggled that somebody would even think of that, even think of it. Yeah. yeah. And even like installation art, like all this weird stuff that's coming out that's so accepted because it's a visual art. But when it comes to music and screenwriting and stories and books and whatever well, it's else, like, it's all been told. Well, performance art and, and storytelling. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, um, and, but I mean, the, those are sort of well, maybe not. I don't know what I'm saying here, but <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, maybe it's like visual art has been around for longer. I'm like, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, there's, well, we've yeah. been storytelling for such a long time, but if performance art, I mean, is slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. But, yeah. You know what? It's interesting, right? Cause like, like I have on a pretty regular basis, people ask me like, how, how did I, kind of start getting paid for writing and how did that happen? And, uh, um, I think that there's kind of a, a disconnect between like our industry side and our artistry side. Cause like the art is kind of like, you almost want to think of it like, it's like a bug, you know, it's like a, like a, like, and you need to infect someone with it in a way. Like, I know it sounds yeah. kind of crazy, but you need to cough on someone with it. Yeah. You know, you, they need to actually interact with it. And the thing is, is if they're not around, to, to experience or get, you know, and, and infected in a sense, like a good way. Like, yeah. like, you know, when you, when you, when you watch a movie or you hear a song, once you've heard it and you have that emotional response to it, you've been affected yeah. by it, right? You have to you've, impact people. Yeah. 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 You've yeah. been impacted. And once you're yeah. impacted, then you go and you share that with other people. Yeah. And actually there's a guy, his name's Seth Godin. He wrote a book about this, but it is kind of like that. And so what we don't realize is that our artistry is actually entirely just based on connection. So like oh, you almost have yeah. to find a way to connect with your audience and to like have them yeah. interact with it. Cause you could be the best musician, best filmmaker, best screenwriter, actor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if no one ever sees it and no one ever kind of has the opportunity to experience it, like I'm talking, not just like watch it, but like experience it. Yeah. How are you ever going to build that kind of uh, you know, connection, right? Cause it's yeah. all people like art is the only reason why art makes money is because people decide to interact with it. And they right? relate to it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so like, I think it's an interesting thing. Like if you really want to get it out there, you've kind of got to make those connections. You've got to go out there and yeah. you share it. But I guess that's a little part about like whether or not is it original though? Because there's so much stuff that, well, there you, you go. know, it's like, are you just tapping on another artist's form of like expressing a certain thing or is it going to be completely original because it's your own thing or do you fall into a genre or that's you know? why I don't think it impacts people. Like I think some people go and they share something that's already out there and you yeah. can't actually share it because it's already out there. It's already, exactly. everybody's already infected with it, so to speak, or yeah. affected by it. Right. Yeah. And so like, I think you're, you're right. I mean, you have to kind of have something that is somewhat original because that is what makes the impact. Exactly. On yeah. yeah. It has to be unique in a certain sense. Yeah. But I also think that there's a lot of people that are very comfortable 
enjoying what everybody else enjoys around them. Right. And they feel connected to everybody else around them in a certain sense. But mm. there are other people out there that want originality and want something unique and different. And Well, yeah, I mean, in marketing, too, I mean, just to throw some industry talk into this conversation, is they say that there's three types of people. There are, you know, people who, the moment something comes out, they're interested in it. Mm. Then there's people who, they want to see that other people are interested in it, and then they'll go. Yeah. And then there's the third, which is they want to see people not only be interested, but get results from it, and then they'll follow. They're the, you know, the latecomers, right? Yeah. And so, really, if you have a, a group of people who are excited before anything's really been proven, and you kind of connect with them and they go and they actually end up doing most of the work for you. You know, they end up sharing it with everybody else because like if I, if I go out, like actually I would say most of my jobs come from the fact that other people talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Ooh, yes. No, but it's no, it sounds, it sounds arrogant, but it's not really because what ends up happening is someone gets impacted by something I do. They tell their friend that friend now it's, it's like you, you open a door. Like if you walk in with an introduction and someone vouches for you, you're so much better off oh, than yeah. if you walk in kind of like off the street and nobody knows oh, who you are, right? Yeah, definitely. So, so, I mean, we kind of got to like our, kind of our job as artists is to get people talking about us, but not from yeah. like, I'm so great kind of thing, but just like if you're impacted and yeah. you talk about it, then other people go, Oh, well, if you like it, mm-hmm. then I'm interested. And Cause there's trust a whole, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Trust that you'll do a good job and trust that you'll, yeah. Yeah deliver the way that they want you to totally well that's just an industry side of things throw that in yeah (laughs) it makes sense though it really does you guys want to talk about beer yeah this is really great beer that we're drinking i'm glad you're loving it i love it because you told me before we did the podcast that you didn't want anything hoppy is this hoppy well guess what it's an ipa yeah, but it's a good IPA. This is, oh. an IPA. <laughs> this is an IPA? This is an IPA. See, I'm talking like Red Racer, like that stuff I don't... Like, <laughs> this is a real gentle IPA. Yeah. Like, it's a real I gentle really like IPA. It. So, that is why I got it, because she's like, no IPA, no hoppy. And I'm like, and then I wasn't even going to get it, and they were like, you need to try this IPA at Strathcona <laughs> Brewery. It's okay. their British IPA. And so yeah. the Brits apparently do the IPA a lot different than we do it in North America. It's more like this. And so uh, that's why, actually, this doesn't seem like kind of an IPA that we have here. Uh-huh. But it's really good, eh? Like, you when I had me. it, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I think this is the one. And actually, it's funny because the other beers were a little more hoppy than this one, I Interesting. thought. Interesting. Yeah, but... Well, th- good choice. You like it? I love it. Yeah, it's really... I think I... My mind's... Well, no. I like British IPA. (laughs) (laughs) Not just regular IPA. We're slowly winning you over. I figured it would be a nice surprise, you know, because we don't really reveal the beer till later. I think that's great. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. I hate IPA so much. Gross. (laughs) This is great. You're going to want a refill pretty soon. Uh, Yeah, I know. I have to go a little faster than... Oh, no. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. good. (laughs) I'm the worst. On our last one, I almost got an IPA from uh, Brassneck. One that they um, they had like I'd never seen seen it before, and, and they gave me a sample of it, and I tried it, and I felt like I got punched in the face. Oh really? It was <laughs> yeah, that positive. Like yeah, it was just like I I took a sip of it, and I just went whoa. Yeah. And and uh, and the girl who was helping me there, she just went, yeah, it's uh, it's a true it's a true IPA. Yeah. <laughs> like that was yeah. her that was a very eloquent way of putting it, and went yeah, this is not gonna happen. Like no. I like IPAs. But, um, 
that one was just like so yeah bitter right? it was like a yeah. kick in it was like a kick in the mouth yeah, yeah. you know it's funny because like, when we started the podcast we this is our 91st by the way wow yeah it was 100 but yeah well, you're close good. <laughs> um, we'll get you on again if you want yep um unless you do something totally crazy just throw my beer <laughs> at the mic <laughs> um but uh, uh i didn't really i wasn't even really into ips at all when we started the podcast but then you know, Evan would introduce one and then I'd be at the brewery and I'm like, okay, we'll try it. Yeah. And so slowly I've actually started to like them a little bit more, but, um, like from the taste of this one too, it's like, it's, it's kind of like got like a, I don't know, it goes down quick, but it's like tasty. It's kind of yeah. like sweet. It kind of reminds me of fat tug. Does it? It's that, that sort of similar IPA sure. taste. But to it's me. not quite as hoppy as mm-hmm. Fat Tug, though. Fat Tug's a little more hoppy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm talking, when I say I don't like IPAs, I generally think of Red Racer, which I don't know if you guys have tried that. I actually, the Red Racer IPA is one of my absolute favorites. Oh, God. Um, you were going to say that, and I was looking at you in disgust. <laughs> you say that it's totally man. fine. I don't yeah. take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just can't, I can't do it. I try. Yeah. I've tried, and it's so hoppy. I mean, they yeah. have great other great beers, but that is just so hoppy. That's, you know, and that's the thing, though, is, like, I mean, that's the authenticity of the show. You know, we don't want to be like, oh, every beer is good. You know, like, yeah. there's one beer yeah. we had where Evan brought on, and he liked it, and I'm like, I don't like this beer. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Evan was like, oh, okay. Well, but, all right. Well, was, you, it a, <laughs> was it a sour? I think it might, oh, it might have been a sour that I brought usually, you know, I, I love I still, sours. Have you? Oh, uh, I, see, if it was a sour, I would probably not be into it. Oh, that's not so really, good. Well, see, there you yeah. go. Cheers Everyone's got an opinion. Like By the way, a little thing about Strathcona while we're on the topic, Strathcona Brewery. Yeah, they're relatively new. They've been around for five months, um, and it is December of 2016 currently as we're doing this podcast. Um, but it was uh, made by a bunch of skateboarders who are a bunch of buddies, and they decided to create a brewery downtown. And so, uh, you know, actually the inside of it's really cool, but they designed it kind of like a skate park. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, the, the way it's a huge building too. And you can, you can look in through these glass, like through the glass beyond the bar yeah. and you can look right into the brewery and it's just like a big warehouse of a brewery. Nice. Nice. But, um, they have a lot of great tables, a lot of places to hang out. Yeah. It's really neat. And they're like, right downtown. Yeah. They're on Hastings and, uh, um, oh, I don't know, six blocks like west of Clark. I don't know the crossroad. Okay. Okay. So is that, yeah. okay. That's still kind of East Van. Still. Yeah. It's East Van. Okay. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. I guess, um, yeah, is it? Yeah, I guess it's still, it's like right on the border, East Van, West Van. Yeah. By the Heatley maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know, but they're a good brewery. Brands. They're relatively new and, and, uh, every beer I've had there, I've really quite enjoyed. Sweet. And this one is Definitely no exception. Yeah, I like. This is it our too. second beer from them on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Good work, Strathcona. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna get us some refills. So, uh, what else so we got? Yeah. What else we got on this whole <laughs> thing of of putting ourselves into other arts? You know, like, uh, into other yeah. disciplines, into other. Totally. You know, having another sort of creative outlet because this is something. I can't remember, Brandon, you sent me a quote a while back about transformation. Oh, you yeah, remember this? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, I'm going to find and, that. And I can't remember the, the author's name. Um, I'll I, find it. I Keep really want to get her book. She's, oh, yeah. She's, she's a totally, she's total badass when it comes to inspiring poetic Ooh. shit. <gasps> Get it, get it. Um, oh. <laughs> I poured no, it in. I should do the play-by-play. We just had like an almost like foam over on it last year on the refill. Yeah. Oh my God, almost um, <laughs> saved. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this quote was just like something else. And I was checking out her website and seeing what she does because it was just such a freaking fantastic quote. And Brandon's going to pull it up here in a yeah, second. Yeah, keep, well, keep talking um, about how it impacts But, uh... <laughs> keep going, keep, keep going, the keep, light just don't mind. shut up. Do you remember right? what you were talking about before? <laughs> <laughs> You're great. We're definitely having no, you No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, she had this little... She has this blog and, and just, like, little tips and pieces of advice. And one of her things was, like, she had a, a couple of things, like, if you are... Um, a creative person, like here's some, some things, like if you find yourself like going into like a bit of a rut or if you're what, and so she had these just like some good, just like sort of action steps you can do. And one of them was like, are you doing something creatively? That's just for you right now. Like, are you, it was like, it's, that's not related to like your creative job, like mm-hmm. the, the sort of the work that you do creatively, but right. something entirely different that you do just for you Interesting, as being absolutely essential to having a kind of a longevity and staying inspired. Totally. Here, uh, here. Yeah, oh, totally. sorry. Do you have, um, I can introduce who she is unless you got something to say. I was just going to no. do it. You're the guest. Like, you go I first. I can't even, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh my God. All right. So here, her name, her name is Victoria Erickson. Victoria Erickson. Yes. And she has, uh, she's an author of the book edge of wonder, which is where the, the quote is from. And yeah. the quote is this Evan. Talia. <laughs> Transformation isn't sweet and bright. It's a dark and murky, painful pushing, an unraveling of the untruths you've carried in your, in your body, a practice in facing your own created demons, a complete uprooting before becoming. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And you can so just, true. just look up any of her quotes. Like every single quote I've seen from this woman, I'm just like, holy fuck. Yeah, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like tapped in. yeah she's totally. just tapped into yeah. like just definitely human everything <laughs> yeah definitely. well yeah i mean i read that quote that's why i posted it um on our community page because i read it and i was like oh man you get it like that because yeah. that is it like yeah. when i was like like over the last two years like i went through a, actually i'll share with you i i shared on the podcast before but i went through a little bit of a depression i you know a lot of things that i built kind of crumbled and even as i was rebuilding myself i was still battling a lot of demons and stuff and it was so like this it was just unraveling all these untruths and and all this stuff that i had built my life upon yeah and and as I, as I kind of started to correct course and find those, I found this like unbelievable sense of like self love and gratitude and forgiveness totally. and all these amazing things came out of it. And it really, like what I realized through it all was I had to kind of be brought to that point for me to be aware of that. But yeah. the way she describes it in this quote, I'm like that, that is what it was like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You're shedding layers at that point in your life, tearing down the walls that you've built Totally. Yeah. So we were talking about, did, had, do you remember what you were going to say? Yeah, I was going to talk about, um, well, basically like finding 
well, going back to roots one for one thing, and also finding like therapy in your art forms, and and like she's saying, like in transformation too. So it might take you transforming and also transgressing with like another art form to be able to work through things in your life and fight your demons. And there's a lot that can come out without you even really being aware of it. Mm. And I I remember now, just now, that when I was about sixteen, I went through a really really horrible relationship. And the only thing that kind of, I guess, helped me throughout it was drawing. Because I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't, like, really express it to other people around me. And the only thing that I felt really kind of got any of that stuff out was to draw it. And it was, like, ugly. My art was so ugly for... And and purposely, I think, like, just very twisted and just nasty work. Mm -hmm. But it was getting all of that negativity out, you know? Mm -hmm. And... It's amazing, like how how creativity and, and art can be such a such a good thing for that. You know, you just actually uh, helped me have an awareness there. I realized that art is a form of purging. It is this stuff, and uh, you know, mm. when I was going through this depression, I wrote the film that actually turned my career around, which was The Burning Blues, which is huh. about this guy who felt entirely alone in the world and he couldn't tell anybody because he's an undercover cop. Yeah who he was or what, you know, and his wife was divorcing him. Oh my God. He couldn't see his kid and he was scared for his life that he would die at any moment. And I was like, (laughs) I'm just like, I'm emotional right now because I'm thinking that's pretty much what I was going through. Like that, I was just puking out on the page my own version. I wasn't an undercover cop. Yeah. Was dealing with, you know, (laughs) but in my own, but like it's, but my kid was the show that crumbled, you know, that I built my, my, my wife was the, the yeah. friends that I thought totally. I had who were divorcing me. The, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was just all a parallel and I'm seeing, it, I'm like, I needed to put that on the page to heal myself because, Definitely. and then of course someone goes, we were like this script, let's put a bunch of money. <laughs> it's like, but really like, that's just like, here's my soul, but no yeah. one can see it because it's hidden yeah. behind yeah. an undercover cop. Exactly. <laughs> no, it, it, and it's so extraordinary. Raw. I don't yeah. think that like, you know, sometimes I don't even know if we're entirely aware of... I wasn't. Of, yeah, like... No, you're not at the time. Never. never. You're just like, oh, this sounds like a good story. Next thing you know, it's like... But it's like, it's your life that's like being sort of like metaphorically translated yeah. into into so much of this shit. Totally. I mean, at least, uh, at least with screenwriting, like I know with um, the script that we're producing and we're filming next year that I wrote years ago yeah. on the highway... Yeah. Like, I knew it was personal, but it was like, no, this is going to be like a story that's like going to be about these guys who go on this road trip. Oh, I've heard you know? about this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was cool. And, <laughs> cool. and, uh, and so I wrote this thing like, yeah, this is, this will be fun. But then you look back on this stuff and you go, yeah. holy shit, yeah. this is like a capsule of like <laughs> totally. where I was in my life. Like, even though this wasn't literally what was happening in my life, yeah. like, none of this was what was happening in my life really. But some of the bigger themes, some of the bigger ideas that were being communicated yeah. in it, like whether again, I was conscious of them or not. So you need to get it out. Just like that's, yeah. that was me, yeah. man. This is a, this is a really interesting discovery. I, you know, I, 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 I kind of knew, I kind of ha- had an, an inkling of that, but I, I've just, it's become so aware to me in this moment that like, like, that's whoa, crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to overthink it moving forward, but I just find that kind of exciting. It is a really, it's a nice, it's a nice feeling to kind of understand about yourself. Cause it means that you've moved on. 
Totally. If you have a little yeah, back totally. on those that's, situations. Yeah. That's kind of the, the feeling yeah. that I'm, uh, that's occurring in me right now is like, wow, like I'm not there anymore in that place, but I yeah. captured it in a script. Definitely. It was kind of yeah. cool. You know? Yeah. I have a couple writing books that I would just sort of, I, I just have to put things into like drawings, writing, whatever even like little tiny like flowers and things like that but it's all from a time in my life and every single page holds so much emotion in it it's a heavy book you know it's like I could pick it up and <laughs> yeah. be like holy shit like there is so much of me in this and if anybody got ha- got their hands on it and didn't know what it was about they'd think I'm crazy we're not if they think I'm crazy but they'd just be so much emotion for someone to take in and they wouldn't have no idea where that person was coming from or at least you know it might be something for them to relate to in a way if they could but yeah I don't know you know I was talking with a friend last night and we were just discussing how we live in a culture where people have basically been indoctrinated into numbing themselves you know oh hugely with pills and you know alcohol and drugs and whatever it is right yeah and I mean I think I don't think any of that stuff is is bad in and of itself I just think how it's used is inappropriate some totally. by some people yeah um yeah. but yeah like uh you know um and we were talking about that and it's like when, when you are spending your whole life just you feel something you numb it you feel something you numb it you never really get to dig in no and so then you kind of um, you don't know why, but it's, it's, it's cyclical. It's like, kind of like, I, 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 I eat cause I'm heavy. I am heavy cause I eat, you know, or I, I, I'm numb. Because that, I, did you just quote Austin Powers? <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back. I want my baby back. I eat because I'm heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I love how you brought it there. Well, it's thank you. No, you know what? That. I didn't think it because, like, it's like shit. Sometimes gets so heavy on so this podcast. Like yeah. our last one, honestly. Like I hope no one listens to it because it's like we just titled it. What the hell did we just talk about? <laughs> you guys just get like almost tear jerking. Oh, like, well, there's well, one, there's so one time where I, I bawled a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. That hasn't happened recently. But it was like a moving moment. This was I like... think our last one was actually pretty good, though. <laughs> you know, I think you're just projecting the place you were you were well, in, in a rough spot. onto oh, it. But no. it was yeah. actually, but it was it was just like so intense. <laughs> like, it was so intense. We're like, like, what has any real meaning in the world? Like, and the ego wants to tell you it's like none of it means anything. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's good to yeah. laugh. It's good to laugh. It's good yourself, to laugh. You know, oh like, my god! And we, <laughs> Evan's yeah. like, let's talk about Inside Out. Let's just redirect, and then we just went straight back into a bunch of like deep shit. Well, because Inside <laughs> Out was kind of like for, yeah. for like a Pixar animated like family movie was like one of those show like it was a movie. I, I love the honest trailer of it. If you ever watch honest trailers, yeah. Oh, I gotta watch that one. Oh, yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah. They're just they're so spot on. Like good movies or bad movies, like they right. just they can break it down like in such a like a funny like amazing way. Yeah, and um, it'll they had this one line in it where it says like Inside Out, the movie that'll have um... oh shit, I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Evan the classic misquoter. <laughs> yeah, it was like. Yeah, exactly. But it was basically it's awesome. it, like there's this 
There's this slice, like, it's like the movie that'll have your kids asking you. <laughs> you didn't even get the quote out this time. No, that's so good. <laughs> I love it. I forgot, I, there's, cause there's two parts to it, okay. and I'm like, I forgot the first part of it completely. <laughs> but the second part was kind of the punchline. It's like, but it was the movie that'll have your kids asking you, why are you crying, daddy? <laughs> right? And it's just like, oh my god, yeah, because there, I remember watching that movie and just sitting there with, like, I've seen it with friends in the theater and I'm watching their like the the scene you know where they're flying they're flying off in the in the I cart I haven't seen it you haven't seen Inside Out? no oh shit oh, no shit. okay I'm not gonna ruin it yeah okay. yeah don't I'm not ruin gonna it. ruin it, it. Yeah, yeah, no. it's really good it's is really it, good well it's it Pixar animated? I mean Pixar is yeah okay but Pixar is pretty much oh like, man you have, actually sorry. do you have no, Netflix? Netflix you don't like <laughs> yeah I do okay it's on well, Netflix sorry okay it's on Netflix you need to watch this movie I've been really into this this show called Westworld lately, though. It's like all I'm thinking about. You don't want to break oh, your been, Westworld. Know. You know what show I'm really into right now? Side note, since we're talking about shows, yeah. is have you guys seen uh, Black Mirror? Yes. I, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. Don't ruin any episodes for me. I, there's British ones too. Yes. Okay. So oh Netflix my god, you just it. like expand because I'm like I'm gonna run out soon. No, I'm, dude. I'm enjoying this so much. <laughs> there's like there's I think there's about two two to three seasons beforehand. Wait, like before Netflix bought it. I over. think I'm watching the British ones. What was the first one about? Well, it's weird because the seasons are backwards on Netflix. So I the, oh. like the one the guy who um, basically he wakes up in the morning is the PM. The Prime Minister, and they right. want him to eat the pig. Oh my god, yeah. That, that oh. was like, that was the first one I watched. I'm yeah, like, what too. is this show? I thought he was the main character. I didn't know anything about it, right? Oh, that's <laughs> okay. a horrible yeah. one. That's oh, that was rough. That was what I started with. But I was like, it was still like, I mean, I, I, that wasn't by far not my favorite episode, but some of the other episodes, like, they always hit on a social issue. Oh, definitely, yeah. And they'd use a little bit of sci-fi, just like a touch of it. They don't overdo it. So good. Oh, so man, good. it's masterful. It is. It's really I good. haven't seen it. You should you watch got, it. You're going to love you it. it. Yeah, Honestly, it you're going to love it. And the mystery. Like, yes. they don't tell you what's going on in the beginning. So you're constantly kind of... Your sense of curiosity and yeah. wonder is, like, yeah. Really enigmatic. Amped. Like, very... Just, like, you get totally oh, yeah. sucked in. And deep messages. I just yeah, yeah. started on this new Netflix series with Elijah Wood. Oh, which that one? just went up. And it was actually was filmed in Vancouver. Huh. Cool. Um, it's got a weird title to it. It's, like, Craig Jolly the something detective or whatever. And it's, it's really interesting. It's about this guy who is, like, this he is a detective of these crazy cases and he solves things by like how everything is connected. Like, like, yeah, it's kind of like this weird sort of like, um, quantum physic, like Hmm. almost like everything is like, and so he just trusts that everything that is happening is guiding him towards solving the case. Wow. And he's just sort of thrown into it. And like, he just has to like pay attention and he's going to like figure it out. And it's, but it's like a dark comedy. Like it's really got this wicked sort of sense of humor, but it's got some good drama to it as well. Reminds me of Hannibal, how that one detective was able to sort of, like, put himself in the shoes of the killer. Mm. I only watched a little bit of that. I loved it. I have a friend who's, like, it's, like, his favorite show. It's a really good show. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good show. Yeah, it's neat. So many shows. I know. You guys should watch Westworld if you ever get around to it. It's HBO. (laughs) I know. It's, like, that's the thing. HBO is, like, I don't have HBO. Just stream it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, my, this, this is my rule, and I and I and I went off on everybody in the podcast one day who Uh-oh, downloads. Don't stream. I don't download. I just stream. Well, the thing is, is okay. Here's here's, here's my. It's a thing of ethics, and I'm not going to make anybody wrong for doing what they're going to do. But I just think this is important, considering we're all artists. Is like we. Even because you, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And I think like the way I look at it, uh, 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 someone pointed out to me once like, well, if you want to watch it immediately, but you plan to buy the DVD after when it's released, like if you think about it, that's, that's like, you know, you're, 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 you're getting your convenience, but at the same time, you're still giving money yeah. towards investing in saying I, I'm into this. And so like my rule is kind of like, if I'm going to stream it, like, I give it a shot. If I don't like it, I turn it off and I move on. Cause if yeah. it's television or whatever, especially it's like, it's already kind of network, but yeah. then I look and I go, well, if I'm enjoying it and I want to watch all this stuff, then I go out and I buy it. Not because I'll even watch, like I bought some DVD sets. You'll see they're not even open of TV because only simply because I want to put a vote it. towards, Definitely. because I want stuff like that to be yeah. made. And I think the problem is that sometimes, you know, these independent, like, or like really good shows they don't actually get made more of because people download it and stream it. And they're like, why yeah. don't we have this really good show? And it's like, well, because no one's vote is counting yeah. towards it. Right. Yeah. So when it's a really good show, it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta buy your ticket for it. Cause you want more of that shit to get made. Yeah. Hey, I would totally buy this. If, if, yeah. if I could ever find it anywhere, I would definitely buy the box set. Yeah. It with, was so good. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to take it. No, over. no, no. Just, but you know, I'm just this, sharing that with hey, it. I'm yeah. criminal of that. I yeah. definitely do <laughs> without buying anything. So like I, but hey, I'm look, just, maybe I'm, I, I just want to throw this out. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Maybe I'll just do that to everyone. Is that a is that a VHS? No, it's not. I thought there's that, all that my VHS car... out there. I still have them. Okay, but that isn't one of those all automatic like car rewinder. <laughs> this thing right here, yeah. that that that's a remote control car. It goes sixty oh. miles per hour. I thought. It would, do you remember those ones that would like rewind your VHS yeah. for you? They were the car. Yeah, I don't know. It something. doesn't do okay, that. Sorry. I was like, it goes yeah. 60 miles an hour. She's like, what? does that rewind videos? I'm like, no, it doesn't do that option. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to say something here. Yeah, you're on In terms of this, because, yeah. like, it's this HBO show. Yeah. And, you know, I love HBO stuff, but I don't have a cable subscription. I, yeah. I because for me, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I, cable and commercials and most of it, I don't, I don't use any of it. I don't now, agree with cable. Now, That's part H- of the problem. And yeah. HBO has like a, an online like streaming service. Really? But and uh, unless they've changed this, but when they launched it, the thing is, is you still had to have a cable subscription to HBO in order to use their online weird. streaming service. Oh, lame. So weird, weird, right? So th- if anyone is from HBO is listening to this. <laughs> you need to make that shit available a la carte because totally. if I yeah. can pay for you HBO yeah. to have just your streaming service, I'm I am fucking in, man. Like, absolutely, I will give you my here, money. Here, I'll give you my money. Here. Yeah, absolutely. And that I'm gonna look into that because if it is if it has changed, then I'm yeah I'll sign up for that because that's yeah. Yeah. that's been the number one reason why I haven't gotten the HBO because like basic cable and commercials and all that other shit. I don't first of all. Like, I don't like commercials. Who in our generation does? We don't have to watch it for the most part. But like, why would I? Why would I watch the commercial when I can get it without the commercial? Exactly. And plus, I don't want your propaganda 
industry bullshit commercial yeah. infecting my brain about buying some dish soap that I don't need. You know, yeah, like exactly. I don't need that shit. So, and, yeah. and so the way I look at it is if I can cut that out in any way whatsoever, it's yeah. worth it for my own sanity. Well, even if it means that I have to like, you know, do whatever to like back up my investment or my vote later. Yeah. Totally. yeah. That's why Netflix is so popular. Totally. It's Cause you have it all success. Like it's just convenient there for you you yeah. don't need any like commercials nothing no, no. ads yeah whatever you don't get like bothered by anybody you can just watch whatever you want when, and uh, whenever you and, want and that's and that's our generation and there's no fighting it because our generation is like you know if you interrupt oh, yeah. me with your commercial i we're done like yeah. it, we're just we're you're done and and for those of us who are nice we might listen to you for a little bit yeah. but like for those of us who are like kind of not <laughs> which i'm yeah. not i'm like like I, when telemarketers call me i say listen listen stop 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 Cause they'll keep talking. I'm stop. I'm going to try to be nice here. Just hold on. I, I'm not interested in hearing, yeah. you know, and I just like, and they're like, bah, bah, bah. I'm like, okay. Don't you know? hear it. Yeah. Cause we'll just turn it off. I'm like some people I've, I've talked to telemarketers and people like that. They just get hangups. You know, mm-hmm. I think like I'm actually kind of nice that way, but I'm like, no, I don't have time for your shit. I don't want it. My day interrupted. Totally. You know, you got to earn my interest in whatever you're doing before yeah. you can just pitch me it. You know what I mean? And I think that's our generation though. Yeah. Cause we got way too much content and stuff yeah. out there to be like, we don't want to be interrupted. We don't, yeah, definitely. What yeah. I find is still even f- funny now, like every now and then, because most of sort of my like film television content I get through streaming like Netflix mostly. Um, but every now and then, like I still, I'll throw in like a Blu-ray or whatever. Cause I still have a couple of like some of my favorites and stuff. I'll throw them in. And all of a sudden there's like trailers and previews <laughs> before it. And I'm just like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> totally. Like, what yeah. the hell is this? If I want to watch a trailer, I've got YouTube for that. Totally. Like, I would just play me my movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's such a weird thing because that was so, that was a standard. Right. I know. Like, yeah. Not long ago, but uh, yeah. Netflix has totally yeah. changed culture. It's like, no, I hit play. And it's like, and I paid money for this movie to yeah. own yeah. this movie. There shouldn't be an advertisement yeah. or anything before it. It should just play the movie. Well, you guys want to know something old school? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Let's I go. went and rented a couple DVDs the other day. What? Oh, I didn't even know you could still do that. Yeah, hey, shout out to Black Dog on Commercial oh, Drive. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Black um, Dog's awesome. They support, like, a lot of the indie films. Oh, they're great. Yeah. They're amazing. So, yeah, I went and rented some movies, and... You know, my ex-boyfriend at the time, like, put it on, and we're, like, watching it, and we're, like, oh, my God, when, when are these ads gonna end? Like, when are the, or not ads, but trailers gonna end? Like, it was, it felt like there were so many of them. Because mm-hmm. we weren't used to just, like, having the movie, like, right away. It was, there was maybe, like, five or six, but that's, like, a lot. Yeah, and they're you know? all old, too. That's yeah. the other thing. It's, like, well, the totally. trailers for old yeah. movies, which can be kind of comically fun in a, yeah. in a way, but now it's, it's like, the only... A- time I accept trailers is if I'm actually at the theater because oh, like, Oh, this is, this is stuff yeah. that's coming out later. You know, like yeah. I haven't seen this stuff yet. So maybe I am interested in, in what you're showing yeah. me, but it's like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I've seen the English patient already. Like, 
I didn't think it was up to the hype. <laughs> I don't know. I watched a, a new movie, so I got to see new trailers, which well, was really good. cool. Yeah. You know, I, I find sometimes with the independent movies when they throw when they throw on some other independent trailers that I never would have got from mainstream media. Right. That it's kind of cool because I'm like, oh man, I never even knew this movie existed. Yeah. And then I can go search it out. So totally. like, in that respect, but it's I, on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we don't have as good like Netflix as America does. That's true. Well, they well, I don't know. I actually, I used to be able to do that jump around thing where I could get U.S. and right. Canadian Netflix. And code. sometimes Canadian Netflix had stuff that American Netflix didn't have. See, why don't so they just it's... combine? I mean, come on, combine and have everybody get everything in a perfect world, right? <laughs> Harmony. Yeah, in a Hello. Perfect world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think capitalism and socialism heads sometimes yeah <laughs> just a little bit yeah just a little bit <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh i think with american i think what Can- canadian content is trying to do and, and, and it has a good reason behind it is that they're trying to protect canadian content and, and give it a chance because if you can just spend more money and and buy something yeah it, 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 it's not really fair right for stuff that could be also enhancing our our culture right plus Sometimes you got to really think about, do you really want to keep feeding the American media machine? Just mm. a question. <laughs> Throw it out there. I'm not going to answer it for you. But, you know, we it's, all it's, agree on the answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's something to consider because, I mean, I obviously love a lot of American content, but what I could do without is definitely the commercialism and the propaganda totally. side of it all, right? I'd be down to have more, like, I think there's a lot of really good foreign movies that are out there in the world that we don't know about. Like, mm. there's tons. I used to, I spent a whole time of my life just watching foreign films. Nice. And I loved it. And, like, a lot of film festival films as well. That's good. It was great. And I just got so much out of them. So much more than you get, you know, from just the big kind of features and the Oscar stuff, which are great. The yeah. Oscars are amazing. Of course, they have to be. But, yeah, you got a whole lot more, I find, sometimes from that stuff. Yeah. You, you know, I think, uh, uh, since we're on the film thing, I think I decided the other day um, that I don't know if I ever want to watch another war film. Mm. Really? And the reason why I made that, like, I, I love things like Save and Private Ryan, and I loved all these other ones, but I just, I watched, and, and Mel Gibson, who, I, I think he's actually really, like, oh, yeah, creative Hacksaw guy. Ridge. He made Hacksaw Ridge. I haven't seen that yet. Is it good? Worth watching? Please don't see it. Honestly. Okay. I, oh. th- I, I, I Two thumbs down. Really? Um, uh, unless you want to see some really epic war scenes, because they did the war scenes were top notch. Mm. Don't get me wrong, war scenes were top notch. Watching people kind of stand over a, a bunker and get axed by a machine gun—that was probably what it was like. I never got a more visceral experience that way. Huh. If you want that experience, go see the movie. But the story around those action sequences total garbage huh. just like that's horrible most cliche movie of the week crap mm. that i've pretty much ever watched oh, wow. in a feature film wow um don't get me wrong all the actors are great everybody's doing a fantastic job just the way it's kind of presented the shitty music that's in there yeah. the underlying propaganda and bullshit that's going on with it but yet what i could really respect is is based on a true story and the guy, um, who I don't recall his name, I think he's an amazing, amazing human being to be out there being like, I just want to save lives. And he was willing to run out and do this alone. Like right. he saved like 70 people. 
Wow. Who were just going to die out in these bunkers, right? It's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's kind of wild for that reason. But as a film, it's like, what is this? And it's probably going to be up for Oscars, but it's like, this is a movie of the week dressed up like a, a high-class film. It was really mm. weird. And like, And it was like kind of utilizing that really great true story. But I was like thinking as I left the theater, I was like, I mean, I don't like to slam anything, but I was like, I never want to make a film like this. Wow. Like I just never, this is like, but I, I, the, you know, the visceral experience of the war scenes comparably to some of the best, like just watching, watching the experience of what it must've been like to have like a bunch of bullets fucking fly at you and watch your buddies get axed next to you. Like, <laughs> like I'm, it's just gross. Like yeah. The, yeah. The, the ugliness of war. But th- what I don't like is like they take this ugliness of war and then they kind of use this kind of glorification yeah. of it too, which yeah. is like, let's just look at like how ugly war is. Like yeah. let's not glorify it. You know what I mean? I didn't like that side of it. So actually one movie that I just saw, um, that really didn't glorify war. It was very real. It's called The Free State of Jones. It's okay. Matthew McConaughey. I heard of it, but it I haven't seen it. It is so good. Yeah. And it's, it's all about um, independence and the... Not the... Well, not Union Jack, because that's British. But it basically down in the States, the kind of civil war down there. Mm. Um, it's oh, Confederates and, the, and the, um, the other guys. I forgot what they were. Independence, yeah. Um, it's really, really good though. Mm. And it's all around slavery too. So there's a lot of that that ties in, but it's super realistic. It's not, it doesn't glorify anything. Oh, that's good. Like the, and the first opening scenes are quite shocking. Yeah. And you're not, you're not thinking, oh, war is awesome. Like, oh, this is so badass. You're like, holy fuck. I'm so happy that I will never see that in my life. Yeah. Like that is terrifying that you, that these people went through that. Mm. Well, and you know, you most know? of these, most of the people who went to war, they didn't know what they were getting into. And well, that's and, why so many yeah. soldiers are so young. Yeah. Know, like, yeah. They just have no sense of, I mean, not that all, you know, young, no. young people don't have any sense of that, but I don't my perspective on life from when I was, you know, 18 yeah. to where I am now is completely different. And imagine if you yeah. threw war in the mix of that, yeah. right? Like, well, and I think, you know, just to play devil's advocate on the other side, cause I'm sure there's some people who are like, Oh, you know, like, you know, just being all like peace and everything. I think, um, <laughs> no, but no, but like someone's out there probably saying that, yeah. you know, and I can totally relate to that. Cause when I was younger, I actually almost considered joining the military, I, you oh. know, and I don't know if I ever would have seen combat or anything, but I definitely consider that as an option. I think that there's really great things about the military side of things. And I also think that being willing to die for a cause, to believe in something that you're fighting from, from the soldier perspective. Cause like when I used to look at war, it was from a very innocent kind of thing. I never really looked at like, Oh really this war is just to get oil. I looked at it as like, I really truly thought I'd be protecting my homeland and people and really making good in the world by being someone that said, you know what? I'll give my life for that. I I, like, cause there are things in my life right now. If, if someone came along and challenged them, like I would die for that shit. Oh, of course. Like I would die. So like, I can totally respect the soldiers, the the soldiers of war. What I don't like is not that. What I don't like is the propaganda and the political side of war where they're using young men and using these great virtues of like, I want to stand up and do this thing. That's what I don't like. But like, you know, and then yeah. you start to, when you start to look at the political side, you start to look, is more even necessary? 
you know, in the way yeah. that it is, right? That's that's really my issue with it. See, now mm. all these people that are waging war against each other just really need to, like, let their creative side of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, they can go back to their roots and, like, you know? <laughs> figure out an artistic way to let that anger out. Yeah. You gotta Hitler wait in your heart, artist. let it out. <laughs> if he just would have, if he just would have done his art. <laughs> if he could have painted horrible things yeah. rather than done horrible things, yeah. I'm sure this world would be a lot better. I think so, too. <laughs> Nice segue. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> so going back to our roots. I mean, you know, it's good. We, you know, it's like we always seem to do it. We're like, let's go and just fucking, you know, drop the Hitler bomb. You know, yeah. <laughs> like get to the low point. Yeah, that is a low point. Yeah, low point. <laughs> bottom, bottom yeah. of the barrel. Yeah. So inside out. <laughs> inside out. Yeah. Um, no. Um, but yeah. Well, okay, you know, one other thing, just while we're on this topic, actually, because I want to throw it out there. When I started, when I started my film career, actually, one of um, the films I made in college, and I got an A on this, was a Vietnam War film. Holy shit. Called Dog Tags of Vietnam. It's a total piece of shit, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) don't get me wrong, but um, I got an A, uh, and I wrote a paper with it, and it was basically just to express the... Um, when I had basically researched about the disorientation of soldiers when they were basically in Vietnam and they're like, why are, why are we even here? You know, like there's a certain point where yeah. soldiers started to really question that. Definitely. And so I wanted to kind of give a, a cinematic experience of that. Um, but I used to, when I was younger, I used to like, you know, even the last show I did even just a few years ago was a lot to do with military and war and stuff. And, um, it's interesting I, I think, I don't think you ever want to make anything wrong. I think if that's your interest, it's good to go into it and look into it because as you start to uncover things, you can find, but I think if everyone just says, Oh, it's bad. Don't look at it. That's actually even worse. Of course it is. You know? Yeah. And how many people are going to rebel against that? Totally. Someone tells you, no, you're going to do it. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's not bad in and of itself. I think it's just like, you know, and I think like, for, cause you know, being someone who was literally as a young man going to come out of high school and consider as an option, instead of going to college, join the military. Like, I just want people to consider that I was at that place. And I'm not saying that where I'm at now is more, is better or whatever, but just awarenesses have kind of made me go, Oh, I'm kind of glad I didn't make that decision. Yeah. And I think people considering that, you know, is important, right? Definitely. And also the content we watch, not taking these war films as though they're, because war films, especially American ones, like, you know, they glorify them a little too much. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And if there's anything, if I ever get a whisper, cause I did that a little while ago, like there was that movie that came out, uh, I never saw it, but it was getting su- such great accolades, right? It was American sniper, mm. Clint Eastwood movie, Bradley oh, Cooper. Yeah. I and I never saw it because I caught a whiff of it in the trail. I'm like, I'm like, this is a glorification. This is a glorification of war. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I'm like, I won't, I won't see it just on that, on yeah. that very premise. If I got it, there's a, actually, I can't remember the name. There's a Shia LaBeouf movie coming out where he plays like a PTSD soldier. I've heard about coming that. out yeah. and his performance in it apparently is like the stuff of legend. I don't know, but that interested me mm-hmm. because yeah. that to me is something that's more important right now than anything. It's like, no, no, no. Let's like, how many more war movies do we need to see? Like how many, how much of this do we need to see of how horrible and horrifying this is? And let's take on a subject matter of the soldiers who are not, who are coming back home 
after seeing these things and like, let's see the real humanity behind this because like, yeah, we see the story of like, like the courage and the strength that they had to have during this awful time. And then we forget about them when they come home. Yeah. And how much, how, like, how can you not be totally fucked up from that experience? Like for myself, when I just put myself in that place of like, just to catch like a slight glimpse or, or or an idea of what that experience might have been like, you just go, I, I can't even imagine how fucked up you would be seeing these things. Right. And that's the, that's the story that I'm interested in seeing at this point, because I mean, I hope to see in my lifetime, I don't think it will happen, but you know, a world without war because war is the most, I think is like the most disgusting thing that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is one but, of the most. Yeah. Well, actually I, yeah. bringing it back full circle, do it helping with helping out people that have that kind of traumatic experience behind them through art, I think is the best way. Mm. I think like art therapy and every single type, like there's music therapy, there's visual art therapy, even talking, there's writing. That is the most it's just the, be- the best way to express the trauma that's going in inside of you with not like what well, like you were saying before, not even being conscious about it. Right. So I honestly think like I give praise to all the people that are art therapists out there because mm-hmm. I think it's an amazing, amazing job that actually helps. Like, it really does. Well, because you actually get into, because it's actually creating something. I think it's in the opposite of what's going on internally. Yeah. It's like there's destruction that's going on. Yeah. So you, you're able to actually create your, yeah. build something. It's a release do something. too. Yeah. A full release. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. And yeah. I can imagine that being good for veterans instead of just like a lot of the time you see them, like, and there's been movies about it too. Like even Pink Floyd, the wall, you know, he's mm. like in his room, he's just sitting there like a zombie watching TV, mm-hmm. just zoning out. And that's like it. So it sort of seemed like his only therapy was in that room. Yeah. You know, it needs to be a better release. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because we talked earlier about, um, well, you know, I had that realization about how much art is a purge of what you're carrying around totally. with you. And it makes sense, you know, if you, if you go through a traumatic event, especially something like that, to to do the art, to um, use that, it, I mean, it could help you really purge a lot of the stuff that you're carrying around with you. Yeah. So hugely. it makes sense. Like, it's all kind of tying back in, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the question. It's like, what, but what happens if the art becomes about the purge? Because then I think it just becomes self-indulgent. Yes. Yes. It runs the risk of that. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I think, I think in that sense though, you are always going to run into walls because there's not always going to be the same purge for every single trauma that you're dealing with. I feel like there's you know, you have a traumatic experience and you purge it all throughout art, you will not be able to go back into that experience and purge again. Mm. You've already done that. Mm. You've already dealt from that. So I feel like that's almost like writer's block in a way. You know, or like writing a sad song. Oh, yeah. Because you know I mean? like when you when you were going through a period of time in your life, you purged that out and it worked out really great. So you try to recreate it. But you you're not can, purging yeah. from that again. So, yeah. you know, and you, yeah. you know, there's something else to be purged. Like, I think it's endless. Like, I think mean, there's so oh, much definitely. stuff for us to clear out. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, but, you know, trying to always go back to the same well yeah. is like, you yeah. know, and it's empty. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's not empty, but it's empty and that's good. 
And yeah, you guys yeah. gotta let that to go. Accept that. Yeah. Let it go. Like yeah. you were saying earlier. Yeah. yeah. Let it yeah, go absolutely. and accept. Don't yeah. be identified by your past pain or your past story, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Let go of your story, move on to your yeah. next story. Yeah. Whatever that is. Totally. Well, totally. I, you know, Thalia is super popular and she has to go. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get to do our 90 minute podcast. Oh, um, I'm going actually, anybody that's listening, it's, I think it's running until the 31st of December. It's the East Vancouver. This won't even be out by then. <laughs> but do it'll, it. It'll already have ended, but you know, it would be great. And if you went there, we can all share the, the uh, knowledge that we went there together. <laughs> oh my uh, God. You guys did theoretically, but there's no way this is going to get released by then. So it's next the year, Panto, it's really good. Go in the following year. Next year, this time, <laughs> 2017. It's we might be able to tweet funny. something for you. We can yeah. tweet it though. Totally. It's the East Van Panto. It's at the York theater. Yeah, it's we'll, we'll hilarious. It. You know, it's a play. If you're all wondering, fantastic. <laughs> no, we'll tweet it. We'll tweet it to the, like to our followers. Yeah. And we just had a fantastic podcast with you. <laughs> yeah, and that you have. And if you want to meet her, she's going to this tonight. Yeah, just that's kidding. no. We'll we'll tweet it. I mean, we'll tweet it. We'll share it. Yeah, sweet. Um, but I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> so I funny. had no idea. I mean, it's I super cute you. and super funny, oh, but thanks. you know, pointless. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. I I was actually thinking about filling you in on that before. We're a little backlog with podcasts because we do two a week, but we release three a week. I'm like shouting out all over the place here. Shouting out, yeah. like, I'm gonna be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you you won't. Your yours will be out. Soon enough. Be out in time. <laughs> well, go next year. Yeah, go next year. It happens every year. Okay, good. So yeah. they're going next. <laughs> there you year. go. Yeah. All right, great. Well, what was it called again? The Eastman Panto. It's a okay. pantomime. Christmas story. So this one, that well, I guess this one's Red Riding Hood with a Christmas spin, and it's always really funny. And it's very East Vancouver Commercial Drive like. So funny, but super hilarious because it's commercial drive. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, we do one last thing before we close off a podcast. Ooh. Are you ready? Ooh. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so um, after we've had this wonderful little talk and our nice beer, um, we kind of try to figure out, like, was there something that each of us took from the podcast that we can, like, take away from this and maybe want to share back with everyone else, like, this is what I got out of it. You know, and I think um, it's just the moment in this podcast, maybe, where something stood out to you. You don't have to start. One of us can, but... I could do it. Yeah. What do you got? Um, well, I guess as I was talking, as we were all talking about therapy through art, I really realized that I was uh, going through a moment right now and that there's certain art forms that help me more than others to get through my hard times. So... Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. What got you to that realization? I just I just realized now that I had started doing art again in this breakup and then I had done art when I was in that really bad relationship when oh, I was nice. younger so it's like the connection of the two and how I yeah just just through talking about this is how I figured it out that's amazing yeah M- my recognition was I, I had it earlier and everyone probably already knows but it's the purge <laughs> it's the purge thing it was realizing that at that time in my life, I had to purge something. And even though I was creating it through some other art form and I couldn't even see it myself, yeah. I see now how absolutely directly related it to was exactly what I was going through. Totally, yeah. And um, just to trust that, like, in that moment that I have ample stuff to put out, whichever's present in my life, to yeah. purge onto the page, essentially, 
is my truthful art. And exactly. whether I'm creating a sci-fi or a detective story or whatever it might be, that it will, if I connect my truth to it, I'm totally in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. So that's what I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I recognize. What, how about you have? For myself, uh, I, I, you know, I think I would just like to leave it with, um, I'd like to leave it with that. Yeah. Have, have something creative that you do that maybe is, or is not separate from the creative discipline that you, you know, that you sort of pursue, but something that's just for you. I mean, the importance of, you know, helping that using that to help continue to fill the well and, um, to sort of touch on, on your point as well. It's like, you know, sometimes like, yeah, it could, that could come in so many different forms, you know, and at different times, something is speaking to you to come to do that, to find your expression there. Um, because that's the place where, um, the voice that needs to come out is going to, to find its place. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. You know, find those different creative outlets. Totally. Yeah. That was fun. Go back to your roots. (laughs) (laughs) That was so awesome having you. Thank you. It was fun being here. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.